Welcome to the Gov Innovator Podcast. I'm Andy Feldman. Contracting for human services may sound like a dry topic, but how it's done can truly be the difference between strong results and improved lives versus low-performing public sector programs. We'll discuss specific steps in results-driven contracting with Lisa Morrison-Butler, the former commissioner of Chicago's Department of Family and Support Services. Lisa Morrison-Butler served as commissioner of Chicago's Department of Family and Support Services for more than five years across two mayoral administrations. DFSS is the largest funder of human and social services in the city, overseeing programs and services that involve more than 300,000 vulnerable Chicago residents each year, including through grants and contracts with more than 400 nonprofit organizations. Under her leadership, she led an organizational transformation aimed at achieving greater overall impact, including overhauling the department's approach to contracting. Today, she's the Executive Vice President and Chief Impact Officer at Results for America. I'm very glad to have her with us. Lisa, welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you, Andy. Good to be with you. I want to help our audience understand the specific steps that you took to create more impactful results-driven contracting. But am I right, just from a broader perspective, this was as much about culture change for DFSS as it was about any of the specific steps? Absolutely. This was at its core as much about changing the culture inside DFSS as it was about anything that would happen externally. Right off the bat, we had to build consensus amongst our own team that this was an effort worth taking. We had to elevate contracting from one lower level manager to a core piece of our strategy where we expected not only the commissioner's office where I was, but every deputy to lead their team and embrace how important the contracts were to our ability to achieve our goals. That is so useful. If the first step then was consensus building, the second step, I believe, was about finding a pilot division to start implementing these reforms. Yes. Um, As anyone who's leading change can tell you, there are early adopters. There are people that are kind of sitting in the middle waiting to see what happens. There are people on the other end who are digging in that are maybe afraid of change and thinking, I'll never do it. We had a phenomenal deputy commissioner in our homeless services division who was already doing some great work. And so when we first approached the government performance lab at Harvard and asked them to come in and help support us, Um, the place where we initially assigned that resource was homeless services, and they became our pilot. What that meant is that on a monthly basis, over a year, as they were working through embracing active contract management, learning to think differently about how to use data, they could bring those lessons in and share them with their peers on an ongoing basis. So it was a very great opportunity for all of our department's leadership to be able to ask questions. What are you struggling with? What's working? How are you getting your team to embrace so-and-so? So it was a really important piece was to develop that pilot and to make the pilot itself transparent to the full leadership team. Before we go on, I think it's such a good example of how if one has the ability 
to launch a pilot of a new program or initiative, to work out the kinks, to learn by doing on a smaller scale, it can be really valuable to making change. It's interesting. I think people, I think everyone in America in the last, let's say, 10 or 15 years has wanted to be thought of as a strategist. The truth is strategy without excellence and implementation gets you nothing. It's just a pipe dream. And so you're absolutely right that focusing on implementation and being as committed to it as we were to any other aspect of this change was really, really important for us. The third step, am I right, Lisa, sounds maybe technical, but it was important. It was creating a calendar to roll out broader reforms. Yes, we were a big enough department with these seven issue areas, with the fact that those seven issue areas represented over a thousand contracts a year and over 400 nonprofits. We needed our own leadership to understand, yes, on the one hand, you see this pilot going on, but do not get confused. Change is coming your way. And so this calendar, what you've referred to as like a calendar of reform, but for us was like the RFP implementation calendar that allowed us to sit with each of our teams. And because we were so big, we knew we couldn't change all 60 program models at once. So each deputy commissioner, each division would sit with the leadership and we would talk about of the things that are coming up this year for RFP, which ones would you like to pick to go through this new process. We did this again and again and again, so that finally at the end of three years, every single one of the 60 program models had gone through the new process. Lisa, the fourth step here is working within each request for proposal, each RFP, to, for example, make sure that there were clear outcomes articulated in the contract. Yes. But what we needed to do in that next step was make sure that every RFP had clearly articulated goals within it. And those clearly articulated goals would have taken into account any best practices that we had researched, uh, any, any uh, proprietary or secondary research that we had perhaps been able to get our hands on. But it also, and this is just as important, um, it also would have included some engagement with agencies on the ground in that issue doing work. And so all of that engagement up front allowed us then to make sure that the RFP was written in such a way that there were clearly articulated goals within it and that people understood that we would then be holding you to that as we moved through the grant itself. Most of our contracts were multi-year. We had done that on purpose under a previous commissioner. So when you get money from the Chicago Department of Family and Support Services, most times it is a two or three year agreement. And so we wanted it to be clear that we would be marching toward those goals and checking in with people periodically over the life of that contract. And checking in with those contractors leads us to the final step, which is Active Contract Management, ACM, if you can tell us about that. So a couple of things. ACM is, it, it's a real thing. Um, ACM is a concept that was developed by the Government Performance Lab at Harvard. So when you partner with them, um, part of the, the, the product that you receive in that partnership is you and your team are educated in ACM, what it means, how to implement it, how to manage it. 
And so under the older system, it was not unusual for a nonprofit to be funded for X number of years in a particular issue area. And then other than maybe an annual update on your finances and, and an annual update where you would report how many people you served, that was really the extent of the staff at DFSS of the management they had to do. They were they would monitor, monitor you to make sure you were fiscally healthy, monitor you to make sure that you were treating the right number of people. Active contract management clearly communicates that that is not enough, that you will never get the outcomes that you seek if all you're doing is counting the bodies that you serve. And so with ACM instead, what we would do is every group, let's say in the homeless arena, if we sponsored through our contracts, 30 shelters, we would also through that contract, make it clear that now those 30 shelter partners were going to be a learning cohort. And we were going to go on a journey together over the life of this contract. And part of that journey was that we would meet regularly once a quarter was normally the, the cadence to review data. You would get your individual shelter data so that you could see your performance. But then when we come together, we would be looking at the data of all 20 shelters so that we could say, are we moving in the direction that we said was important to us? when we first um, entered into these contracts with you guys. That partnership, that review of data, um, that more intense level of communication, that's ACM. That is so helpful. A final question for you, which is, did you see results from these steps? Did you see culture change? Yes. We could definitely see a culture change. We heard from our delegate agencies that they were, that's what we called the nonprofits, that they were not used to the partnership that we were developing them, with them. Um, definitely, they were not used to reviewing their data with us. Many of them were already data focused. It's not like we were leading the work on focusing on data, but because we were government, we were simply the biggest. So once we moved in that direction, then it really reinforced what a lot of them were already doing. Um, and that that's true of the delegate agency piece. The culture change piece was huge for us, but it is still, I've been gone now for two years. Culture, the gravitational pull to go backwards is always strong. So the single most important thing is not the reforms that I tried to lead. What is more important is that we drove those reforms down, not just to the people that reported to me, but to the folks that reported to them and the folks that reported to them and so on, so that we could try to get as deep as possible into the nuts and bolts of DFSS. Um, one of the things that I have said is that somebody would have to come in and purposefully undo what I did. And I think that's how you start to get real change in government. When you realize it's not about you, a, an appointed official will never be there long enough. It's an inspiring story, which I know may be surprising about contract reform, but literally thousands of people in Chicago, including some of the most vulnerable in the city, benefited from better contracting, from your leadership, from a lot of hard work I know from folks within DFSS. Lisa Morrison-Butler, now with Results for America. Lisa, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. It was great to be here. 